Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 70, and today we're going to talk about Archbishop Vigano uh, and the Third Secret of Fatima. Uh, this is a um, from LifeSite News. Archbishop Vigano, Third Secret of Fat Fatima, has not yet been fully published. But before we go on, let's start with the profession of faith. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, Mother of all Christians, Mother of the Church, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Family, Guardian of the Church and Terror of Demons, pray for us. And Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. And before we go further, <clears throat> uh, let me read the passage from St. Luke's Gospel. Uh, it's from uh, chapter 1, starting from verse 39. Mary visits Elizabeth. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country, to a city of Judea. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greetings of Mary, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the voice of your greeting came to my ears, the child in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that there would be uh, that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Amen. So that uh, I've always thought is uh, that passage of scripture was um, a sort of foreshadowing of all the apparitions in the future. Uh, once Mary entered into uh, the glory of Christ's paradise. And uh, I really, truly believe that that was a picture of all the future apparitions that would come. So let's uh, start with this article. Okay, so let's get on with this article. It's by Make, uh, Micah Hickson, uh, Micaiah, I'm sorry, Hickson. She's a blogger. Archbishop Vigano, Third Secret of Fatima, has not yet been fully published. The full message of Our Lady of Fatima remains a secret today. April 22nd, 2020, LifeSite News. In a stunning new interview, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, the former papal nuncio in Washington, D.C., and the prelate who accused Pope Francis of covering up the crimes of Theodore McCarrick, has now publicly stated that he does not believe that the Vatican up to today has published the full third secret of Fatima. This report has already found interest in Italy by outlets such as Corresponsia, 
Corresponsa Romana and Stilium Curia, speaking to Dias Eri, a Portuguese website, Archbishop Vigano says the third part of the message of Our Lady entrusted to the shepherds of Fatima so they could deliver it to the Holy Father remains a secret today. In 1917, Our Lady repeatedly appeared to the three shepherds' children, two of whom are now canonized, and gave them one secret with three parts, the first and the second to be revealed to the public. The third part of the secret, often called the third secret, was given to the Pope, who was then asked by Our Lady to, to make it known to the world not later than 1960. All right, let me stop right there. The three children's name... Um, just uh, Lu Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta. Uh, they're cousins. Uh, Lu Lucia stayed, uh, remained alive and she became a nun. Uh, Fran Francisco and Jacinta were brother and sister, Jacinta being the youngest one. Both passed away of uh, the 1918 um, influenza uh, pandemic speaking of pandemics uh that was uh that that was made known to them that they were going to go to heaven all right so um lucia continued and she became a nun she passed away uh sometime after 2000 and uh she revealed uh what's she continued about uh Wanting to, wanting Russia to be consecrated, but it never happened. Uh, we'll get into that in this article. Okay. Uh, the first and second part of the secret show a vision of hell and speak about the spread of, uh, of Russia's eras, the need for penance and for Russia to be consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The third part, as it has been published, shows a pope who is being killed in, on a hill together with clergymen and laymen. Further explaining his position, the Italian paralyte, who lives currently in an undisclosed location, then says Our Lady asked for the, the secret to be revealed in 1960, but John XXIII published uh, on February of that year a statement which he stated he does not want to assume the responsibility of guaranteeing the truths of the words that the three little shepherd uh, children say that the Virgin Mary addressed to them. With this departure from the Queen of Heaven's message, Vigana continues, a cover-up operation was initiated, evidently because the, the, the content of the, of the message would reveal that the terrible, uh, uh, terrible conspiracy of her enemies against the Church of Christ. According to the Archbishop, until a few decades ago, people would not have believed that we would could even dare to gag the blessed mother but in recent years we also we have also seen attempts to censor the gospel itself which is the word of 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 his divine son it's very interesting uh very interesting way of putting it but yeah you could say that's true that they have literally put a gag over our lady uh this Vatican II church seems to be embarrassed of Fatima, or it has definitely a a more secularist philosophy and a theology, a theology where they want to communicate to the world in its own words, but they don't want to have anything to do with, with myst mysticism, apparitions, and prophecy. He's, he's definitely right about that. 
So let me read this one more time again. With this departure from the Queen of Heaven's message, Vigano continues, a cover-up operation was initiated, evidently because the content of the message would reveal the terrible conspiracy of her, of her enemies against the Church of Christ. According to the Archbishop, until a few decades ago, people would not have believed that we could even dare to gag the Blessed Mother. But in recent years, we have also seen attempts to censor the gospel itself, which is the word of his divine son. Yeah, it's it's true, unfortunately. Like I said, uh, they are embarrassed. They are embarrassed of, uh, of apparitions. They're embarrassed of the... Uh, things like mystical things happening that God can actually communicate um, to the world that his blessed mother, that Jesus Christ can send his blessed mother. Because you got to remember at the foot of the cross, our Lord um, adopted uh, John, who represented us, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He stood at the foot of the cross. And John, when he wrote that, he wrote that practically a gener uh, with a, a generation that has grown up as Christians, persecuted, uh, humiliated, and he wrote his gospel as an encouragement of discipleship. He identified himself with the everyday disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved, standing next to the mother of the Lord. And looking to his mother, our Lord from the cross said, Behold, woman, behold your son. And then he said, son, behold your mother. He said, son, behold your mother. And from that hour, John wrote, he took her into his home. So we, all of us are to take our lady, the mother of our Lord, the Immaculate Virgin, the Immaculate Conception into our home make her the mother of our home, the queen of our, of our home, of our family, and consecrate our family, our homes to her. I've been thinking about that a lot lately, about consecrating uh, my family um, to Our Lady. And I think that's, uh, that's important. We have to do that. Of course, uh, I'm not married, but I have a mother, and uh, I want my family to be blessed. But I believe that all of you should do the same thing, should uh, find ways to consecrate your family, your, you know, your loved ones with you to Our Lady's protection. And I think that's important. So let's continue. Um, the Italian prelate, uh, prelate states that the Vatican when officially presenting the third secret to the public in 2000, presented an incomplete version, he said. In 2000, during the pontificate of John Paul II, the Secretary of State, Cardinal Sadano, presented as his third secret version of himself that, in a relation to some elements, appeared clearly incomplete. It is not surprising that the new Secretary of State, Cardinal Bertone, tried to divert attention on an event of the past in order to make 
believe to the people, nor to make believe to the people of God that the words of the Virgin had nothing to do with the crisis of the Church, and with the collusion between modernists and Freemasonry carried out behind the scenes of Vatican II. This is interesting because Vigano is actually stating that the modernists and Freemasonry. Okay, so I'm guessing that some modernists are not Freemasonry. But obviously, I would say that all the Freemasonry are modernists. So that's going to be a little funny uh, to say that. But I believe that's true. But he is admitting that there was, there is a conspiracy going on. I think what happened was, I think this third secret, I believe there's more to it. I do believe that she was warning, but she said not to open it, to open it by 1960. But it was said not before 1960. And I think what happened was that uh, the Pope at the time um, who opened it, um, he he disobeyed the, the Blessed Mother. I can't think of the Pope's name. I'm sorry. But there's so much a history going on behind this. I think we have to look into it more. But he uh, might be John the 23rd. I'm not too sure. Or might be. Or And what happened was, or Pope John, I think it might have been, the one who started Vatican II. And what happened was, he disobeyed it. And he was uh, a very, um, he was pushing, he was pushing for Vatican II. And he said it had nothing to do with his, um, you know, with with a John the 23rd. Yes, I'm sorry, John, revealed in 1960, it says it here in the article. Hello, uh, John the 23rd published on February 8th that year, a statement which he stated he does not want to assume the responsibility of guaranteeing the truth of the words. That's very, very troublesome to hear, to hear a Pope say that, that the three little shepherds say that the Virgin Mary addressed to them. He was in denial. It's sadly to say, but he was in denial. He, for some reason, I I guess he was the first sign of that movement of modernists. These men, I think, were embarrassed. I have to say they were embarrassed of the church. They wanted to form the church, make it into uh, a modernist church that speaks to the modern world in its own language, but were in denial of the church uh, of what the church is. The church is the mystical body of Christ. The church was established by the son of God. And this modernist stuff happened way, started happening way earlier, way earlier in the 19th century, because uh, as Michael Voris said on church militant, because of a Lutheran German ideological philosophy to dissect Christianity, dissect the gospel remove any anything divine from it and to make Jesus Christ merely human, to make the Bible, the Gospels, a mere human invention. Um, wow. But anyway, let's continue. <clears throat> Archbishop Vigano is referring then to the Italian journalist and author Antonio Sacchi, who has thoroughly investigated the third secret and has unmasked, unmasked this malicious behavior on the part of Cardinal Breton. Saatchi published in 2000, 2006 and the book, 
got uh, published in English in 2009, um, his book, The Fourth Secret of Fatima. I'm trying to find it on Kindle, but I'm hoping I'll get my hands on it in Kindle one day, in which he argues that the Vatican did not publish the full third secret as it had been given to the shepherds children in Fatima in 1917. According to his research, the Vatican only published the, the, uh, the vision of the secret, which was then further explained by Our Lady. These words explaining the vision are still missing, according to this author. That's Sachi, and he said that, but going back to when it was um, an edited version that was given by Cardinal Sedano and then Bert, uh, Berton, they both gave an edited version. They removed certain words or passages from the third secret because they didn't want to be, uh, they didn't want to give credit to it. <clears throat> Interesting. Archbishop Vigano, in his new interview, seems to follow this line of argument. He also insists that the full consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, as it had been requested by Our Lady of Fatima, has not taken place either. He says, this is uh, Vigano's words, let's not forget Our Lady's ignored call for the Pope and all the bishops to consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart as a condition of defeating communism and, athe and atheistic materialism, consecrating not the world, not the nation that she wants let us consecrate him, but Russia. Did it cost so much to do it? Evidently so for those who do not have supernatural look. Yeah, that's John Paul II, unfortunately. He was pressured by a lot of the cardinals not to do it because this was during the time of the Cold War. John Paul II, Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II, came in at the time of the Cold War, during the Reagan era. And probably a lot of them did not want him to do it. But also, you got to remember, it is also diabolical. There were diabolical things at play that did not want this to be done. Um, today, Vigano adds that a president, the president of the Russian Confederation, who is certainly a Christian, Vladimir Putin, the Virgin request could be granted, avoiding further misfortune for the church and the world. LifeSite News reported in 2017 on a statement made by the German curial Cardinal Paul Joseph Cortez, who gave testimony to the fact that Pope John Paul II in 1984 did not exactly mention the name of Russia. No, he didn't. He didn't mention the name Russia when consecrating the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Cortez, Cortez I guess stated that the Pope had made this act of consecration on the 23rd of March, 1984, when the statue of Our Lady of Fatima had come to Rome. However, he held back to mention Russia explicitly because the Vatican diplomats had urgently asked him not to mention this country because otherwise political conflict might perhaps arise. It would have been such a small thing. I mean, think about it. If he consecrated Russia... How could you get angry? And if they got angry, honestly, it would be silly of them because it's political. Politicians 
have very short memory. They had other things on their mind. And I think it would have been a short attention span. He consecrated Russia and our, and then the world would have been blessed. And Russia would have been blessed. And their, and then their memory would have been short. What are they going to do? Push the button to, for nuclear war because he consecrated Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary? It's it's ridiculous. Archbishop Vigano further explains that in the 1960s, exactly the time when Our Lady wanted to have the third secret made public, the apostasy that we are currently witnessing began. It is also the time when the Second Vatican Council took place from 1962 to 1965. Apostasy fulfillment of a 200-year plan. All right. Apostasy fulfillment of a 200-year plan. This is going to be interesting. The prelate says, this is Archbishop Vigano, in his new interview, that the message of the third secret is still valid for us today. Before we consider Vigano's words, let's remember that in May 2010, on his way back to Rome, from his visit in Fatima, Pope Benedict XVI said about the Fatima message that there is also the fact that attacks on the Pope and the Church come not only from without, but the sufferings of the Church come precisely from within the Church, from the sin existing within the Church. <laughs> okay, let's look at this. Let's read this one more time. Let us remember that in May 2010, on his way back to Rome from his visit in Fatima, Pope Benedict XVI said about the Fatima message, there is also the fact that attacks on the Pope and the Church come not only from without, but the sufferings of the Church come precisely from within the Church, from the sin existing within the Church. Wow. Let's remember, this is not, not something new. Sin from within the church is something that the Gospels have been warning us about. Remember Judas Iscariot, the traitor. Our Lord picked them, but one of them, he said, one of you is a devil. And Judas was a devil. He betrayed our Lord. Whatever his motives were, whether it was for money, whether it was for power, whether he was a, a spy, whether he was a former revolutionary, it doesn't matter. Okay, he didn't love our Lord. He had, he saw, maybe he saw only a price. Maybe he, you know, he, he started to hate him, but it says that Satan entered him. Okay. And look at our bishops today. Look at our cardinals. Look at our leaders in the church. Look how they quickly folded for the state and closed the churches, preventing us from receiving the sacraments. Look how this is happening worldwide because of this pandemic. They didn't even bother to question the question the whole thing. Let's continue. He, he continued, This too is something that we have always known, 
but today we are seeing it in really terrifying way. The greatest persecution of the church comes not from our enemies without, but arises from sin within the church, and that the church thus has a deep need to relearn penance, to accept purification, to learn forgiveness on the one hand, but also the need for justice. The Pope then insisted that the message of Fatima is still valid for our time. When he said we would be mistaken to think that Fatima's prophetic message is complete. He's right, it's not complete. Vigano states the following. Pope Benedict XVI himself confirmed the timelessness of the Virgin's message, although according to the interpretation spread by the Vatican, it must be considered fulfilled. Okay, those who read the third secret clearly said that its content concerns the apostasy of the church, which began precisely in the early 60s, and that today it has reached a stage so evident that it can be recognized by secular observers. This almost obsessive insistence on the issues that the church has always condemned, such as relativism and religious indifference, false ecumenism, uh, multilism, ec uh, ecologicalism, multiism, ecologicalism, right? I'm going to look up that word of the first part, but ecology, the obsession with ecology, and then following homo heresy and, and immigration, and then found in Abu Dhabi declaration, the fulfillment of a plan devised by the secret sects since more than two centuries ago, the Abrahamic house. He's referring to the Abrahamic house, which is built in Abu Dhabi, which is, will hold a church, a, um, a synagogue and a mosque. Basically, it, it's very Freemasonic because the Freemasons don't believe there's any one true religion. They believe in, um, in the idea that all religions are equal. It doesn't matter if it's Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism. It doesn't matter to them. Even Satanism, they'll accept. This, uh, now I know... It sounds like a conspiracy theory, but you have to understand the local lodges that you see are not necessarily the ones that have the power. Those are the ones that generate the money. They generate money for um, the, the, greater, the greater Freemasonic. The ones on top are the ones who are corporate and technically. So that's basically, I, I believe that's true because... It, you know, the local one is basically just local. I mean, no one is going to pay attention to a local Freemasonic lodge. Uh, it's the ones that are higher in power, more political, more corporate, more uh, into the media, into globalism. The ones you don't see. Anyway, let's continue. He mentions it two centuries, so that now... There's a lot of Muslims who are now members of the Freemasonic. Let me just mention that. There's a lot of Muslims who are probably Freemasonic. Um, Catholics, the reason why the, the Knights of Columbus was created, was created so they would not join the Freemasonic Lodge. The idea behind it was to strip Catholicism of its influence and power. Freemasonry technically is a secular humanist church, and it is the enemy, the absolute enemy to Catholicism and in Christianity in general. They hold, they're a sect, a cult, and they are basically the sworn enemy of the Catholic Church. All right. 
Let's continue. Here, the prelate makes an explicit reference to Freemasonry, which centuries ago developed plans on how to destroy the Catholic Church from within by undermining her very own teachings and customs. Many of these historical matters are outlined. In a recent book by Dr. Taylor Marshall called Infiltration, this book had been supported by Bishop Athanasius Schneider, who authored a foreword for it. It's, a, it's actually very good. I'm going to try to read some passages on our podcast, on this podcast here, so you can under, you, you'll have a lot of the information you need. Neo-church is, is deformed and monstrous creature that does not come from God. Archbishop Vigano speaks of a new church that has been developed in recent decades, a church that is simply not the Church of Christ. He adds, the post-conciliar Vatican II Church, Modernist and Masonic Church, also aspires to transform to overcome the Church of Christ, replacing it with a neo-church, a deformed and monstrous creature that does not come from God. The aim of this neo-church Vigano continues, is not to lead the chosen people to recognize the Messiah as with the synagogue. It is not to convert and save all people before the second coming of Christ. As for the Catholic Church, but to constitute themselves as a spiritual arm of the new world order, defender of the universal religion. It is in this sense that according to this Italian archbishop, the conciliar revolution had to first demolish the church's legacy, its uh, uh, tradition from which is extracted its own vitality and authority as the mystical body of Christ to later get rid of the exponents of the ancient hierarchy and only recently began to propose yourself without pretense to what it, what it wants to be. It was, at, it was Bishop Schneider Athanasius Schneider, who in 2019 in his book, Christ Christos Vincit, I'm sorry, my Latin's not good, Christos Vincit, also raised a critical questions about uh, and doubts about some select elements of the teachings of the Second Vatican Council, that it seems to go along with the words of Archbishop Vigano. Speaking further about the free Masonic plan to weaken and undermine the Catholic Church from within, Archbishop Vigano says that many bishops might not even be aware of these dangerous developments. He states, when you call utopia, when you call utopia is actually dystopia, because it represents the realization of Freemasonry's plan and the preparation of the advent of the Antichrist. I am also convinced the majority of my brothers, and even more so, almost all priests and faithful, are not aware of this hell hellish plan at all, and that recent events have opened the eyes of many. With this interview, Archbishop Vigano invites us to debate several key issues that have troubled many Catholics in the recent past and have left many wondering how it could have happened that the church lost so much of her moral integrity. Uh, see, for example, the McCarrick scandal and masonry zeal. Even Pope Benedict said in 2016, the missionaries of the 16th century were convinced 
that the unbaptized person is lost forever. After the Second Vatican Council, this conviction was definitely abandoned. The result was too two-sided, deep crisis. Without this in attentiveness to the salvation, the faith loses its foundation. All right, that's uh, that's it. So let's make an overview here, review everything we just read. So Vigano says that the, arch, the uh, message of Fatima has not been fully revealed, at least not the third secret, the, the third half of the message. And it has been uh, edited and suppressed. It appears it has been. Obviously, it's very simple. If they can just reveal the letter, why won't they reveal the, the written letter that Lucia wrote? Sister Lucia, who was the last survivor of the, um, the Fatima uh, Sears. Um, her cousins, uh, Francisco and Jacinta, both passed away uh, through the um, uh, global 1918 flu pandemic, uh, the Spanish influenza, as it was called. Actually, it came from China again, not from uh, from Spain, but that's another story. And then uh, it has been sort of like the cover-up or the re-editing was done to cover the re-editing. The you know the fact that they the first Sedano put out something, then Breton put out another another uh, uh, statement of the uh, Fatima apparition. It never, you know, they never revealed the actual uh, letter that she wrote. And then John Paul II does the consecration, but he includes the whole world. He never mentions Russia. But I, uh, there are people who, um, who say that that was enough. But, you know, it's, it, there are some people who say it was done properly. Other people say... It hasn't. This this argument doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Unfortunately. Now, um, at the same time, unfortunately, from the 1960s and onward, the Pope, Pope Pius XXIII, opened the letter before 1960, when Lucia said that the letter must be opened either on or after 1960. And for some reason, Pope uh, John the Twenty Third rejected it, rejected the idea, and, and did not want to give any credence to it. Then Vatican II happened. Some say the message was a warning of Vatican II. And after that, nineteen sixties, this uh, heresy, globalism, reforms, the reforms of Vatican II happened. And unfortunately, we have this mess. So um, then, of course, Vigano was talking about the church has been infiltrated by modernists. The modernist movement goes back to the 19th century. but the, uh, And also the free, free Masonic movement goes even a little further back. But still, um, it's the same thing. The church has been infiltrated. And this problem within the church continues it still continues. Now, um, Russia has seen, since the fall of communism, um, a reemergence of 
Orthodox Christianity. The country is alive with it. Now, the question is, is that the result of the consecration? Because where is the time of peace that we were promised? It said that mankind will know an age of peace. Did we... Um, did we get half of the piece? Did we get a, a small portion of it? I don't know. All I can honestly say is that it appears that not all the requests have been met by that Our Lady wanted. Let's say John Paul II's uh, consecration of the whole world worked. Maybe not the way Our Lady wanted it. Maybe God accepted it, but I mean, I don't know. It's a little, it, 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 it's, it's a very touchy territory there. I know some people that believe that the consecration was done, but the message was that all the bishops of the church have to come together and consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady. We don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, what what if John Paul's action was uh, too cautious? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's it's. I'll say this: I'm leaning to the fact that it wasn't done properly. Maybe his attempt to do it was to satisfy the opponents of um, of Vatican II, because it was the Cold War era, and not to offend the Soviets. He did it. He made the consecration. I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's it's something I would like to look into more, and I'm going to you know uh, you know and I'm going to do that in other podcasts with this because I like to study the fata apparitions even more, and my my uh, intention is later on to do more episodes about Fatima, so we can explore it and. I think in future episodes we'll come to a better conclusion about it. I think this is great. There's a letter by Vigano um, that actually has been translated by Antonio Sacchi. I want to uh, read it in the next episode. So uh, let's end this with a prayer and we'll get back together soon. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, my friends, God bless, and uh, we'll be together soon.